as we were trying to signal to the community what this new JCC was going to look like, being able to say, we care about our city, we care about the children in our city, and we particularly care about the most vulnerable of those children in our city, while we're also caring about kids being able to play soccer in the park and, and people learning how to read Hebrew and older adults finding friends, this was one of the signature early programs. Welcome to Season 5 of 76 West, recorded appropriately in an office at the corner of West 76th Street and Amsterdam Avenue in New York City. In past years, you've heard conversations with some of the great thinkers of our time. This season, you're going to hear the voice of one of them, Rabbi Joy Levitt. Sometimes she'll be by herself, sometimes accompanied by the amazing people who helped make the program she shepherded a reality. Joy works, worked, best in collaboration with others, people who pushed her, prodded, who inspired her as much as she inspired them. That's going to be, is, her legacy to the Marlene Meyerson JCC Manhattan, a spirit of positivity, of moving onward and upward, taking a simple idea, a Jewish community center, and elevating it beyond what anyone would use as their definition. One of the JCC's original volunteer programs, the Literacy and Math Initiative, has only grown in size, scope, and value in the year since its founding. Under program director Judy Gross, the initiative has expanded into more schools, added facets such as reading to dogs, and even survived a pandemic. In today's episode of 76 West, we'll hear about the origins of this groundbreaking program and learn about some of the incredible volunteers whose generosity has given the initiative its heart and soul. When Bill Clinton was president, he believed that children who were successful readers by the time they completed third grade were going to be okay. And those particularly who were not successful readers were really going to find it challenging. And so he created the America Reads program. And his goal was to have a million tutors in America's second grade classrooms all across the country. Label Fine, Leonard Fine, Allah Shalom, a blessed memory, who was a social justice activist, had created a wonderful organization called Mazon, which sought to help people make tzedakah gifts at times of big life cycle events like bar mitzvahs and weddings, said to the president, Mr. President, the Jewish community really understands the importance of literacy, um, particularly of children. We will give you the first 100,000 volunteers. And Debbie Hirschman, who was then the executive director, heard that, and I heard that, and we said to Label, Label, the JCC will give you the first thousand of the first hundred thousand of the first million. And that's how our program, The Gift of Literacy, which which I think our first program, uh, really began. So at the, at the beginning, we, we've hired a director, Elaine Sales, and 
Helen Barrer, who happens to be my aunt, but at the time was looking for a way to connect to a meaningful volunteer program, was also brought into this program. We were not in the building. We were still in rented space, and we got started. We advertised, and we got tutors, and we had to raise some money because this wasn't a program that was going to have any revenue attached to it. Right? We needed to pay the, the um, project director and do the marketing and, and train these tutors because they weren't just reading books to kids. They, this was real tutoring. Anyway, as I recall, just at the moment when I was up and running and we were now on 65th Street, Elaine gave notice and we needed to find an, another director. Here's Judy Gross. So in 1998, in March, I gave notice at a law firm and decided that wasn't my path anymore. I had two kids in school at that point. And I was friendly with some people on the JCC board who suggested, well, until you figure out your next step, why not be a volunteer tutor? So in March of 1998, I came to the JCC and met with Helen Barrer, the volunteer coordinator, and she placed me at PS75 with Elaine Sales as a tutor in their after-school program. So I did that from March to May and was absolutely certain I had to become a reading teacher. And so I never actually left the JCC. I continued to be a volunteer tutor while I went to Teachers College to become a reading specialist. And uh, my first position, paid position, with the JCC was as an AmeriCorps intern, uh, replacing somebody who had left after her year of service. And then, um, as Joy said, Elaine left, and I came into that position. You know, I, I remember this conversation like it was yesterday, although it was like 22 years ago or something like that. And when Judy said, you know, I can do this. I'm ready to do this. I want to do this. It was actually a remarkable story of a person who had understood that her journey was about to change. We were thrilled to have somebody that was an alumna of the program um, now coordinating it. Needless to say, the volunteers were over the moon. And um, for all those years, Judy has in one way or another... Uh, inspired this program, which has grown from one school at PS75 to, at different times, many, many different schools around the city, and literally changed the lives of thousands and thousands of kids. Uh, midway through the program, I can't remember, Judy will remember better, a very close friend of mine, Joan Budish, who was a member here at the JCC and was a math teacher at LaGuardia, said to me, you know, Joy, it's really nice that you do this literacy program, but if these kids can't add and subtract, they're still going to be in trouble. I think you should start um, a numeracy program. I think that's what we called it at the beginning before anybody knew what that meant. <laughs> and I went to Judy and I said, what do you think? And of course, you know, the, the ultimate um, yes person. Um, and now we, t we not only have literacy tutoring, but math tutoring. Judy, I wonder if you could 
talk a little bit about um, the dog program. When I first started with the program, I read a study of a nurse out in Salt Lake City who put dogs together with children at the local library. And what she discovered was that the children's blood pressure actually went down while the kids sat on the floor and petted the dog. And she said, well, this has got to be good for the kids. This has got to be good for the dogs. And when I read that, I did some research in our area and discovered that, in fact, the ASPCA had a program wonderfully named Paws in Books. And so we hooked up with them to come to PS75 in the after-school program and have their dogs sit on the floor while our kids read. And uh, then they, they moved on to focus their attention in Brooklyn, and we started working with Good Dog Foundation. But every summer, a fair shake for youth would come to the program. They're generally in middle schools working on uh, social-emotional development with middle school kids with the dogs. Uh, but they always came to us, and the kids just love it. For one thing, as a reading teacher, I know that the more often a child reads a book, or any of us, the more practice, uh, repetitive practice, the more fluency we build, whether it's playing piano or doing a tennis serve, it doesn't matter. And so for the kids, uh, knowing that at the end of their gift of literacy after school program, they were going to be sitting on the floor with their dog pal they would read the same book over and over with their tutor and practice and, you know, attend to the periods and the commas and the expression and all that good stuff that really goes into fluency and comprehension. So it definitely was a win-win um, for, for their reading and their enjoyment of reading. Now that the parents are actually seeing the program firsthand uh, over Zoom, uh, you know, we get a lot of information from the parents. And they tell us now the kid is reading to the baby or to the gerbil, um, you know, and for the first time, uh, you know, these books are being pulled out over and over and they really want to practice the book so that, you know, Fido will enjoy it more. You know, one of the frustrating things for donors and for us sometimes is that it's very hard to demonstrate in this metric driven world what we're actually doing. Like, how are we inspiring Jewish life in the 21st century? How do you measure that, right? Very hard to measure that. But it's not hard to measure whether a kid can read at the end of a year. Um, and our kids can read at the end of the year. And that's kind of astounding. All it takes, and I don't say that lightly, is intervention at the right moment with the right methods and the right tools and the right people who have been trained to do it and one extra ingredient. And kids can smell it. They can 100% get that these tutors want to be there. They are not dialing it in. They're not getting paid. They want to help. I want to talk about Al Schwartz, Allah HaShalom of blessed memory. Al started reading in our tutoring program I think the first year that we were up and running. Al was the dad of a board member, Carolyn Schwartz. Um, his wife, Renee, 
was a, an is an attorney um, who continuing to work, but Al was at this point retired, I think. He must have been retired. And he began to read um, at PS 75 with his kindergarten childhood friend. Right? So they knew each other from childhood for 70 years, let's call it. I don't know. Um, and the two of them read at PS 75 for almost 20 years, I think, um, continually. And we now have um, an Al Schwartz uh, Angel Award, which we present each year um, to a remarkable tutor in his memory. You know, over the years, we've had many extraordinary tutors who have given of their time and talent. But uh, one person who really stands out to me is Janice Arno, who is a, a certified reading specialist. She had uh, spent her career at a, a school and had helped so many, many kids over the years. And she took a sort of a temporary retirement at a young age. And she called me and said, is there anything we I can help out with? And we had a school up in Harlem, PS175, that needed absolutely all the help they could get. And Janice, who's trained in reading recovery, which is a, a program, a, a wonderful evidence-based program for first graders, she went there as if it were her paid position. And boy, were they lucky to have her. And she was there several days a week and had her own caseload of children and did this for years. In March of 2020, everything came to a halt, including school buildings. And it really irked me that we had so many, probably at that time 400 or so, volunteers sitting at home. And we knew the kids needed them more, you know, now more than ever. And the schools were just in over their heads, of course, with getting their systems up and running. Who knew what Zoom was, right? So I kind of, every Friday, wrote to our partner school principals and said, if there's any way we can help. And, you know, of course, they weren't ready for that. But in June, the Department of Ed actually called me and said, we can't do summer school. Can you? And I said, yeah, we're going to do something remote like we always do, seven weeks every day. We're doing it. And they put me together with schools that are deemed to be in significant need of improvement by New York State. So these schools were all over Manhattan. Uh, they weren't in our Upper West Side Harlem neighborhood that we where we usually partner for geographic reasons. So the schools were all over. These were all new principles to me and all very, very appreciative of having this assistance for their kids who struggle with reading. And it, it, summer was going to be um, a productive time for the kids, uh, both for reading and for math. So every day, the kids had 45 minutes online, one-on-one -on -one with their tutor. And, um, and because 
teenagers had nothing to do that summer. Um, every single plan they had made um, fell through, um, whether it was traveling or being a counselor to camp or whatever. So I had a captive audience. So I had 285 elementary school kids and 285 high school kids tutoring them. So I was ready in September to then train, together with our senior tech department here, um, our adult volunteers. So we were able to continue with those kids into the school year and with more kids from those significantly um, in need of improvement schools. Well, like any program, you know, uh, having 400 or something volunteers and, and many more children comes with a lot of, you know, spreadsheets. And you can get lost in those spreadsheets until the magical hour when you're, you see, you know, the two heads over a book together and realize that, you know, relationships are being built and kids are smiling and tutors are laughing and there's nothing better. If you, if you want to know what this JCC is about, um, just look at this program. And, and I say that because it begins with um, what it means to shape 21st century Jewish life, which is what our mandate is. So we start with a set of values um, that include um, tikkun olam, the repair of the world, and our responsibility as people of privilege, um, educational privilege, economic privilege, um, geographic privilege. Uh, we have an unbelievable opportunity to disrupt a very, very challenging situation here by leading with our values. So that, I think it starts um, with, with being a value-driven organization. And then you have Judy. You have staff that are driven by those same values, whether they call themselves religious or secular, that understand the power of community, have deep respect for that community and the individuals that come knocking on their doors even when they bi are busy telling Judy how to run her program, often, often for the better, right? Like we, we're very, as an institution, very porous to the ideas of the street. And it's just really been an honor to um, support the extraordinary staff and volunteers that come together to, on behalf of the children of the city of New York. As much as Joy says that I'm a yes person, Joy's the ultimate yes person. And I think I speak on behalf of all the staff that we have so much space to do what we want to do and what we think is right in our programming areas, um, that it, it really gives us the opportunity to create something that we each and every one of us is proud of. And, and for that, I thank Joy. And I could never, I, owe, I say this often, I could never have wanted a job where I work with kinder people or cuter kids. That's Joy Levitt and Judy Gross. 76 West is a presentation of the Marlene Meyerson JCC Manhattan, 
The series was produced and edited by me, Eric Winnick. Our theme music was written and performed by Peril Wolf. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out the other seasons of 76 West, available on iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else podcasts are available. You can also listen to our episodes at mmjccm.org slash 76-West. Please subscribe and give us a rating on iTunes if you enjoy the show. Every little bit helps. Until next time, we'll see you around the neighborhood. <laughs>